chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Now also, I'd like to point out to you that right after this message, in between the first and the second services today, we are having a, a new members class right next door in my office at 9.30. So if you're here and uh, you've, you're not a, a member, please come. Even taking the class doesn't mean you have to become a member, but it does tell you what we believe and we go through that. And uh, so please join us in, the, in that room next door. Mark chapter 6, verse 30, if you're with me. And the apostles gathered themselves together to Jesus. And they told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. They had pure excitement. This is immediately after Jesus sent them out in twos to go to all of Galilee and Judea and to preach, preach the gospel and to preach repentance. And now they've come back and they're so excited. They can't even stop talking. It's, it's just an amazing... They, they were able themselves to do healings. Imagine if you had that kind of power and how it would how it would touch you and excite you. Verse 31. So remember who Jesus is. He's the Lord. He says unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. The presence of Christ will turn any wilderness into a paradise. This is something that has helped keep me in the ministry, I think. But you come apart regularly or you'll explode, you'll come apart. We must recharge so we can charge. We must refill our tanks or we will run on fumes. Jesus knows that. And he's gotten the most he can get out of these disciples. And now he wants them to, to take a break. Jesus Christ recognizes the fears of some and the toils of the work of others. Also, what had just happened was John the Baptist had just been beheaded. So maybe Jesus needed a break too. He was in grief and mourning that also. He, so he provides suitable relief for both. Rest for those that are tired. A refuge for those that are fearful. With kindness and compassion does Christ say to them, Come and rest. The most active servants of Jesus can't be always engaged in ministry because they have bodies that require some relaxation, some breathing time, some healthy distractions are needed. The hardest thing in the ministry is burnout. Pastors get burnout after, after two, four years, five years, and they're, they're done. They, they have just completely exhausted their mental capabilities 
And I've always tried to keep healthy distractions around me to keep me from having burnout. Huh. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall... For I am meek and holy in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Verse 32 again, if you're with me. They departed into a desert place by ship privately, and the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and they ran afoot along the edges of the Sea of Galilee. They just followed his ship, his ship's out there, they followed around to uh, where Jesus' ship was, was going to land. Some of us have been there. It, it is a huge grassy place and, and uh, with 5,000 to 20,000 people there, if you count women and children, it was like an outdoor amphitheater. They couldn't hear enough of him it must have been good enough to neglect their jobs, families, to be redeeming the time and make use of the privilege of hearing him. When his soul was either well-fed with the bread of life or hungry after it, the necessities of the body are for the time ignored, not important. Verse 34, And Jesus, when he came out, he saw many people and was moved with compassion toward them. Because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Again, the expression, never waste an opportunity. Never waste an opportunity. Verse 35, but when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desert place. And now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about in the villages and, and buy themselves food, bread, for they have nothing to eat. These people esteemed the words of Christ more than their necessary food. And they forgot themselves when they were hearing him. They forgot about their needs, but the disciples thought it would be a kindness to them to dismiss them. Go to the local McDonald's and get some food. But wouldn't that have been something? 5,000. Matthew 6, very famous verse. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We don't know what all these things are, but I think it means all. Everything else will be added unto you if you put Jesus first. He answered and said unto them, Give them to eat. That was shocking. I can just see the disciples looking at each other and uh, looking at Judas who had the money to buy the food, but there was no place to buy the food. God recognizes the lack of faith of his disciples here. Don't they know who they're dealing with? No, maybe not yet. 
And he will attempt to increase their faith. I ask you this question, is anything too hard for the Lord? You've got to start thinking outside the box when you are, are talking about Jesus. Verse 37 again, He answered and said unto them, Give them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? That's eight months wages. Two-thirds of an annual average income. To buy them food? To buy them bread? Is that what? One of them had the courage to speak up like that. <clears throat> I wonder who it was. Peter always got in trouble and spoke up. <clears throat> I like this quote I found. Calculations and estimations that leave Christ's power out our foolishness. When we make plans, when we get worried, when we get upset, when we plan things without Him. Just again, next week is our building fund offering. This very week, Brian Estherite brought in two more contractors to... Uh, give us another estimate. We're not getting much success from others. And uh, we, 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 need, we need the finances, but we're making progress on that, and we're making sure we have Jesus involved in those calculations and those estimations. Christ would let them see their foolishness and planning for themselves that they might put the greater value upon His provisions verse 38 he said unto them well how many loaves do you have he knew he knew how many loaves do you have go and see and when they knew they came back and said we have five loaves and these were loaves like this oh I get in trouble I got in trouble in Jerusalem we were going down these narrow uh, streets the, what's that song you all sing? The Via Della Rosa. We were going down that, and the, the walls, you can almost touch them on both sides. But we went, a pa we went past this one door that was heavenly to smell. Fresh baked bread. And everybody kept on going, and I darted in, hoping it was a bakery, and it was. And I got, some, I got some fresh baked bread, but wonderful. My wife and I used to live across the street from a, a bakery there in, when we lived in Spain. And again, in the mornings, the smells were wonderful. How many loaves do they have? How, much, how many fish do they have? Five loaves and two fishes. Verse 39, he commanded them to make all sit down by companies, by groups, upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. Many of you have the gift of organization. Orderly, not chaotic. God is the God of order and not of confusion. Verse 41, when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven, to heaven. <clears throat> and, 
and blessed and broke the loaves, and he gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they did that, and they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. In this case, they didn't even count the women and the children. So more than 5,000 people were, were fed. Another version of this scripture is Matthew 14 said, says, besides the women and the children. We're going to be taking communion this morning. I'm going to continue the very end of my message while the men come forward to get ready to pass out the, the elements here. Did not this creation of bread and fish prove once again the unlimited power of Jesus? Ten plagues. Ten plagues in Egypt. Manna in, manna in the desert. Water from a rock. Fire from an altar, floating axe heads, healings, the dead resurrected, feeding of 5,000, calming the storm, walking on water, raising himself from the dead. And we could go on. What a God we have. Philippians 4.19 My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. A couple operative words there. My God personified yours, ownership. My God, the highest authority in my life, shall supply all your wants, no, needs, all your needs according to his riches, how ri according to how rich he is in glory by Jesus Christ. What a God we have. Here were no choices, no menus. I must change my mind two or three times when I go to a restaurant that has all those pictures on those menus. No choices, no menus, they would have eaten whatever he provided. Thus Jesus would teach us to be content with whatever and whoever he provides for us. This miracle was significant. And it shows that Christ came into the world to be the great feeder as well as the great healer. Not only to restore but to preserve and to nourish our spiritual life. And in Him there is enough for all that come to Him, enough to fill the soul, enough to fill our cups. You see, none are sent away from Christ except those that come to Him full of themselves, feeling no need, having no need, self-sufficient, I want to announce to you now, I am not self-sufficient. Nor should you want to be. We should be God-sufficient. Letting Him lead us, direct us, and getting our manna 
from him. None are sent away empty. Are you hungry? What is it you're hungry for? You are known to God by what it is you desire. Is your soul hungry? Trust in the Lord and do good. Psalms 37, 3 and 4. So shall you dwell on the land and verily you shall be fed. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But it's an if thing. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Some are starving. Starving in a desert place. I challenge you to trust God's provision and let Him fill your cup. Let Him be your source. And my final question is this. Are you hungry for fellowship, for communion with Jesus? Some are right up against Him. It's a lifestyle. Don't take it for granted. Some have drifted away from Him. Your arm's length or a block away I challenge you this morning to be hungry for communion with God. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, dear Lord, for these before me. Lord, that you know their needs, their hearts, and their desires. And you, Lord, you know those who should be craving your fellowship. We put it into your heart now. Lord, we, we do these things and ask you, Lord, to touch our hearts and lives. Thank you, Lord. Let us think of you and only you for the next several minutes. In Jesus' name, amen.
as a musician continues to play. 